Hello and welcome back to Season 1, Week 10 of Let Your Genius Emerge podcast. After a week of silence, Julia Bright, your host, is back in full capacity. Just before I was going to finalize this episode last week, I went out for a walk with my dogs and fell on the ice backwards and hit my head. After a while, I could get up and walk home, but I had to monitor myself and see what came out of this concussion. I had no other bruises, nothing was broken, only my head was giving me a hard time all week, so I had to rest it out. In 2016, a biker was texting on his bicycle on the path we were walking with our friends and hit me in the back, so I fell forward that time. So I had this experience before. So please do not bike and text at the same time. At that time, I got myself checked out. Doctors could not do much. My body had to do all the work itself. So I needed to take a lot of rest. The one myth is that you should stay awake for 24 hours. It is the opposite. Your brain needs rest, and the fluid that was shaken needs to settle so sleep is good. It is also good when someone can check on you from time to time if you are sleeping well. Keeping you awake will actually delay healing. If there are no bruises or fractures, you need to monitor for headache, nausea or vomiting dizziness, fatigue or drowsiness, blurry vision, confusion ringing in the ears, sensitivity to light and noise, mood swings and sleep disturbances. I would have been concerned with loss of consciousness or slurred speech or if I could have not responded to questions. But that did not happen, so I did not go to hospital. I just called my family doctor later and I had a week's rest. And now I'm passing on what I have learned about it. So, this time my dogs were really patient with me when I fell, by the way. They were standing there looking at me why I was all of a sudden at their level. They did not move until I managed to get up and prompted them to start walking. My smartwatch was there for me. It detected the fall and asked me if I was okay or it should call for help. I really appreciated it, and I said so too, even though it did not much care about thank yous. On the other hand, there was a man passing right by with a child, and he never even cared to look at me, if I was able to get up on my own, or I would just lay there until someone else would come by. That was sad, and I don't know if it was COVID or the dogs that made him numb to care for a human life. Now, however, I owe you a final show on self-control. The most important factors that affect us all are money and relationships. Do you remember how you wanted to spend your first paycheck? It was most likely when you were a student and you could spend the whole amount and did not have to think about bills and necessities. And still, in your mind, you had already spent the amount hundred times over on things you had wanted. Then you moved out of your parents' house and actually had to pay for rent and hydro and pay for your own groceries. I wonder when the time came for you to create a budget and look the beast right in the eye to see how much money you actually make and how much you spend. 
Were you successful creating and following budgets? Or are you still trying to hide away and hope that your lucky number will come up or a miracle will happen and your credit cards will get paid in full? We all do that. We think, I will get a raise. I will get a better paying job. I will get a second job. Oh yes, you might. But you will also adjust your needs. If you do not put down on black, white, and red what you have and what you owe, you will never develop a plan. So there is nothing you will be able to follow. Only your impulses will remain. And as we learned, our self-control will fail us half of the time. That is 50% too many if you are in the red. In this digital world, we have the technology to monitor our money and our spending. Banking apps, budgeting apps, technology enables us to gain full control if we want to have it and can follow through. Think about your priorities and your standards. You could say, my priority right now is to only owe money on large purchases like cars and a house. Credit cards are to be used only if I can pay them full each month. Do you have a list when you go shopping? I only buy things that are on the grocery list. I very rarely buy things impulsively. When I do buy sweets, for example, I regret it later. Do you enjoy buying clothes or shoes? Women do, I am told, although I am a woman. I don't really. Either there is nothing that is to my liking, but I know I desperately need a pair of good shoes, or there are too many choices and that just depletes my energy. We can also be overwhelmed by all the choices on a restaurant menu, for example. According to research, narrowing your choices or options to three will be more satisfying and the decision-making process will be less taxing on you. So next time you're planning to go to a restaurant, you could check out their menu online, preferably when you are not hungry. You don't need to decide on what you will eat, but you can narrow down your choices to just a few. So when you go out, you will not need to scan the whole menu. Only think about which of those few you have an inclination for. Do you have the luxury of going to auctions? Experts advise don't go when you are depleted. You won't be able to control the urge to buy as the bidding goes up and be willing to pay more and spend more on just about anything just because you got into this vicious circle. What about self-control in relationships? The most satisfied people in a close relationship are the ones who are the most similar in self-control, but the total amount of self-control pays off in any relationship either between friends or spouses. If both have high self-control, that will increase commitment, reduce the likelihood of divorce, and it will be less likely that they will do things that will lead to divorce like infidelity. Relationships take a lot of work, so in order for it to work, they both need high levels of self-control. 
We are hardwired to have friendships, partnerships. It is our fundamental need to have a positive and lasting relationship. We need to belong. It also has a great benefit. It frees us up. We don't have to do everything ourselves. It's a kind of outsourcing. When we share chores like cooking, cleaning, shopping, or anything else, we come to rely on each other, and that leads to more commitment. We will be able to achieve other commitments if we work together. It also leads to more self-control energy for both, unless we deplete it with pity fights. So please pay attention to work together on common chores and not to exploit the other person. Imagine a couple on Saturday morning, one mowing the lawn and the other preparing lunch. They sit down to eat and the question arises, who will do the dishes? Another one. It's Friday evening. Husband comes home from work. Oh, what a week I've had. I'm tired. Sits on the sofa, feet on the coffee table. Honey, could you pass me a beer? When is dinner? Is it okay for him to sit and watch TV and sip his beer while his wife is preparing dinner? I would like you to see the difference between common chores and personal chores that is taking care of the self. Some people do not shy away from asking others to do things for them. And others will try to keep relationships going by going out of their way to please their partner. It will not build a balanced relationship and it actually harms the pleaser person's health. Living together can complicate things, especially when you have to deal with work and other issues. By the time you go home, you get tired. Actually, when you are depleted in self-control energy, that can be good sometimes because you have less energy to fight with your partner. You become more forgiving. But if you are diabetic, for example, at the biological level, deficiencies in breaking down metabolic energy makes you less forgiving. So please just be mindful not to make relationship decisions when under stress or mentally exhausted. You also need to pay attention to how you communicate because you will regret what you texted or emailed in those states. Remember, I advise you not to send messages and emails after 10 p.m. So overall, relationships can be a blessing for both of you if you both have a high level of self-control, good communication skills, and build up your relationship carefully from the beginning with equally dividing errands and chores. You start to set small boundaries that are important to you. For you to do that, however, you need to know yourself, what is important to you, and what you can compromise for now and in the long run. See, you might just go out and like each other, and one of you just let the other person get away with more than their fair share. It will be hard to take those privileges back later. Either you say yes to the girl too many times just to please her and spend more than you can afford so she gets used to that, 
or the boy gets used to being pampered or served as conventional dating would dictate. It is much better to be authentic and transparent from the beginning and say what you think and do, what you are able to sustain in the long run without any regret. If you're afraid you are not going to be liked, then it's better to come out now than later. You need to find someone who likes you for who you really are and not who you pretend to be just to be liked. In season two, starting March the 21st, every Thursday, we will have a journaling episode and then we will talk in detail about self-control training and exercises. For now, my advice is just start everything small and build it up. Building good habits, routines, and schedules are extremely important because that builds your inner strength. So what have we learned in the last three episodes about self-control? We have the eight vices that will derail us, so we will easily lose control and give in to our urges and temptations. These can start out as occasional impulses that you dismiss by thinking you can always control it if you want it to. You can say no anytime. Then you start enjoying them, your brain starts to crave more, and you will not even realize it by the time you get hooked. Being dependent and getting addicted is the final stage. I hope you can become aware of the problem earlier and do something about it or ask for help. So eight of them. Food, alcohol, drugs, sex, money, gambling, compulsive buying and collecting, social media, and games. To battle with these adversaries can be won by using your self-control muscles. You have some that you were born with. Some of us have more than others. And it is a limited energy resource that can be replenished by calories or reminding yourself of your values. Finally, it is a muscle that you can build and exercise day in and out to strengthen and become strong and hard-headed and successful in life. As with everything else, self-control cannot be taught. It can only be acquired by you if you desire it. You need to build up your intrinsic motivation by listing your reasons why you need more self-control. Listing your values, your standards, your ambitions are going to be a good start for that. If you want to stick to those values and goals, you need to increase your self-control to achieve everything you want. You cannot afford to get off the bandwagon, to get derailed, to be talked into something else for now. Don't let other people tell you what is good for you. Get ahead of the game and get to know yourself, what you need and what you want, and go for it. Keep a journal and keep yourself accountable to yourself. As of Thursday, March 24th, we are going to start a minimum of six months journaling section of this podcast to help ourselves to become more self-aware, rooted, and create conscious habits that will serve us instead of hindering our progress. 
Within that, we will integrate the exercises we heard so far in the depression and self-control episodes and much, much more. So season two will start on March 22nd. Well, that's all for today. So don't forget us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let your genius emerge or Humanly Genius and our website, humanlygenius.com. Become our Humanly Genius patron on Patreon. I will talk to you later on with the last episode in this season. Until then, explore, think, create, communicate. Let your humanly genius emerge, grow, and become your authentic self. Meantime, I'll try to do the same, and I will embrace my precious community around me. Talk to you later. Later.